Hello and welcome to Move the Line, Prop Drop Show. Ryan Noonan back to talk about the best way and the most profitable way to bet on NFL football. And that's player props. We're live here 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday, giving you our favorite props, taking your questions as well. So if you're hanging out with us on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss a show. Lots of other great content here on the 444 YouTube page. Smash the like button and jump in the chat. Uh, let us know what your favorite prop is for week 10. Uh, any thoughts that you have on a play, feel free to ask. We'll try to get to that at the end of the show. Uh, and share the show. goes a long way. Betting is communal. It's not fantasy. You're not competing against your friends. Let them know. Uh, get out there and share it with your friends. Joining us, as always, Connor Allen. How are we doing? Good. Uh, in St. Louis for a wedding, for John Mifsud's wedding. Uh, shout out to Johnny. Uh, doing some World Cup betting content for us as well over at 444. So uh, I think he's going to be you know, busy this weekend, going on a honeymoon. But we'll be dropping a bunch of futures and uh, soccer goodness uh, in the chat. Yeah, you're... Uh... Your you had great like video, but your audio is a little cranky here. So oh, see shit. that kind of yeah. So I was gonna ask Johnny, right? That's our that's our World Cup soccer betting guy, and he's getting married right before the World Cup. This is not well planned out by yeah, poor planning. Not great. So all right, well, congratulations to Johnny. Uh hopefully he can uh you know apologize to his uh lovely bride that he'll be grinding soccer bets uh, a couple days after uh Exchanging vows should be a good time. Uh, also joining us, as always, in this space, the man behind the Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo Experience, of course, the man himself, Pat Mayo. Pat, any uh, wedding advice for uh, for Johnny here is going to be in the streets a couple of days after the, uh, the ceremony? The week after I got married was a PGA Championship content week, which was not super well planned out. For me so my wife and i were talking i was like look here's what we're gonna do because we got married in like where we're from but we didn't live there so i was like all right here's what we do we get married and we stay the weekend then we fly back on the sunday evening or the monday i do all my regular work that i'm gonna do for that week and then we go on the honeymoon so it's like, like an extra few day buffer so you can get away with something like that but i guess the world cup goes for what like eight months or something something crazy like that <laughs> It's insanely long. I, and for them to do it in the middle of football season seems like an asinine idea as well. But hey. Well, here's the thing. I don't really think they care about America. That's a good point. They don't. Very fair. And it's in uh, Qatar. So, like, you can't have that in the summer. I mean, it's already going to be like 100 degrees there. Uh, they're going to have to stop every like 20 minutes for a water break, as is. So, is that true? They, like, is that like a planned thing or is that just like you saying that? Uh, yeah, no, that's just me saying that, but I do know that that is a thing when it does get too hot, uh, in most soccer games, like if it's over a certain temperature, uh, it was, it's, uh, it's brutal. Imagine knowing that much about soccer. Good God. Oh, Tell me now. Yeah. Former, former soccer player here checking in, uh, unfortunately. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't watch any soccer now outside of the world cup or maybe the champions league final. If I bet on it, and that's about it. It's the worst sport. Let's just be honest. It's, just, it's not the worst sport. Pretty terrible. It's it's a tough watch. It's a tough watch. I, 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 was, I find rugby to be a very tough watch. Hmm. At least dudes are like, you know, getting at it a little bit. Soccer, like the flopping in soccer is just absolutely brutal. Oh, yeah. And I know so the much, flopping so in the NBA is LeBron and uh, the NBA. Uh, I, know. I know. But like, look, I'll give kudos to Connor. I've got out there and run around with him and his boys. And, uh, you know, I have a new appreciation for the skills that are involved for being a terrific soccer player. And Connor played at the college level. He's he's very good. So I'm not saying that these aren't skilled players or great athletes. You have to be in incredible shape 
uh, I just find the the sport uh, insufferable to watch for. I mean, you basically you could be watching a zero zero tie for an hour and a half, two hours. It's well, just, as as Kenny Powers once told Cody, you know, he wants to be good at real sports, not the best at exercising. <laughs> They're bringing that back, which is going to be very interesting to see, because that's that show started great and then was kind of a tough watch at the end. But I'll be interested to see how how that goes on the way back. So. All right. Uh, a reminder before we jump into the props here, two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available streaming here on YouTube, also available in podcast form wherever you consume podcasts. In addition to this prop drop show, the game previews and bets with Connor, John Daigle, and myself uh, live 6.45 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights, leading you into the Thursday night game. Again, part of what you'll get if you subscribe. Um, and we're halfway through the season, and our price for our betting subscription at 4 for 4 reflects that. Now 50% off of the original rate. And the betting subscription gets you access to literally everything on the site, every article, every tool, DFS, DFS optimizers, the subscriber-only Discord, which I think is the crown jewel, gets you access to us. Uh, we push all of these bets and more through there first. Uh, and it's just a great way to, to talk about any sport. Again, you can talk about World Cup with Johnny. We have MMA, college hoops, NBA, uh, lots of other great stuff going on over there as well. 444.com slash plans. And if you use promo code next level, one word, all caps, you get an additional 25% off that'll take you through the end of February. So you get all the football season, get you through uh, you know, lots of good college hoop stuff before March Madness starts to kick up, NBA, MMA, all that stuff. So that should cover the, all the World Cup stuff. I don't think we're going into March with the World Cup stuff. So It's like a little over a month. It's like ends in like mid-December. All right. So yeah, you'll get all that too. So uh, 444.com slash plans, next level, additional 25% off. So uh, they've been a little slow to release here for week 10, but we're going to give you our best live lines available for you to bet on right now. No one giving stale lines. Our goal is to do our best to make sure that you can get the same line, same price, or as close as possible. Connor, kick us off week 10. Yeah, I'm going to start off with Christian McCaffrey over 74 and a half rushing yards. I'd play this honestly up to 80. He's coming off an 18-carry, 94-yard game against a tough Rams run defense before the bye. Now draws the Chargers, 29th run to DVOA, allowing the most yards per carry in the league at 5.7. Jeff Wilson has since been traded. Niners right now, seven-point favorites against this uh, Chargers team that are going to be without Keenan Allen, probably again, without Mike Williams. Probably see plenty of positive game script here. Uh, we have 85 rushing yards projected, uh, but I think this could be like an explosion spot here for McCaffrey, seeing close to 20 carries. And with that kind of workload and like how good he's looked in this offense, uh, I mean, I think we could see 100 plus rushing yards here easily. So uh, I, I like I like this spot a lot for CMC, and I, I will be taking some alternate overs as well. We hit it together, Pat. Uh, so I like it. What are your thoughts? I have him at 18 for 100, so I can completely get on board with that. We've seen how awful this rush defense is for the 49ers. I would throw a few words of caution towards this, though. So the return of use check might be helpful to Christian McCaffrey if they start running out of eye or something like that, or it could just siphon away a few carries. That's where I'm worried about this. We didn't see it happen with Jeff Wilson. Yes, he's gone. Do we know whether or not Elijah Mitchell is going to be active? Because he was designated to return. I haven't seen that yet, um, but that'd be interesting. I mean, they have a 21 way, 21 day window. So yeah, I don't know if, uh, if he's active for this week, but yeah, I think that would be a reason to be a little bit more cautious on maybe some of the ladders, but I don't know, man. This is such a great spot. Like they're they're bad to start with, and they just I have another starter they just released, and another starter just went on IR. So like the guys that they deem to be starting worthy are not even going to be active here too. The other point about this would be Debo is going to be back. 
And Debo is going to siphon away four or five carries. Now, I'm not concerned about Juszczyk or Debo hurting the overall production of Christian McCaffrey. It's just fewer opportunities for him to get to the number in theory. If Mitchell was back, though, I could see them not playing like 50-50. But instead of getting like a guaranteed 17 to 22 carries, all of a sudden, I think you need to readjust that number to like, 12 to 18 like the range at the low end is a little bit bigger if all of a sudden they bring mitchell back who's going to be on the bottom end of the share but might end up with like four five six seven carries depending on what they want to do i think that's fair with the debo point though like he was not really even used as a running back uh like until later in the year last year when like their running back started getting injured like when he was getting like five to seven carry range before that, he was more in like that two to three carry range. So like sure, but like when he was getting all of those carries, the six, seven, eight a game, Mitchell was getting 18, 19, 20 as well. So I, I take that point. But now we just have more bodies into the mix to kind of take things away. I'm for this number. I like it a lot. I have it as a heavy over as well. I'm just I'm listen, I'm just trying to find I'm not trying to shit on your pick here, Colin. No, I like the pushback. I think it's it goes it goes both ways. I like, you know. Like picking holes in your your counter arguments as well. I, I'm a, I'm a fan. So the other thing you're not, uh, as I heard at the beginning of fantasy football season, very injury prone. Christian McCaffrey can't draft him <laughs> number one. Be a bad move. So when he inevitably gets hurt in this game, he's not going to hit the over. True. That's why you have to take Jonathan Taylor because he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, and it doesn't get hurt. So you know, it's just how, how it works. Yeah, I mean, I just think that you don't. Uh, not that they leverage the future, but they gave up a lot. The equivalent of more than a first round pick to, to bring in McCaffrey. Uh, he's your guy. So like Elijah Mitchell, even coming back, even if it was to be here, like that guy is spelling Christian McCaffrey. It's not even a, uh, I don't think that ends up being something where he works in that we haven't seen it yet. So again, we're speculating, but I think McCaffrey is, is pretty comfortable. I do think optimally almost though, like the Niners probably kind of keep him in that 15 carry range, just get him like a ton of like swing passes, like touches in space rather than like, you know, runs into the teeth of the defense. But, you know, I mean, that's just my own opinion. Like I I don't really know how they're going to do it themselves. So 36 uh, and a half receiving yards, I think is the number that came out too. We haven't seen a combo number, but again, I do think last week, nine targets, uh, which is great, but I do think maybe Debo, no Debo probably impacted that. So, um, but again, I think it's just a he's getting to 100 total yards in this game. It's an absolute great spot. Also, the game flow affected his target share as well because they were down. I know they won by so much, but they were down in that game. And normally passes to running backs, and maybe that's different now that they have one of the elite pass catching running backs. It's just never really been a part of that offense with Shanahan. No, it's true. I do, like I said, I think Debo mattered there too. So good, good spots. We poked a little holes in our play, but uh, smash, smash that. Uh, Pat, how about uh, number one for you? Number one for me. All right. Pick uh, pick the number one, two, or three for me. Or five. Five. No, there's no five. Just one, two, or three. <laughs> one. One. Okay. Under 32 and a half Dak Prescott passing attempts. You can always play with a bit of fire when you go into the passing attempts market if a game ends up becoming close. But the expected temperature in this game is supposed to be very low uh, in terms. I mean, you guys, you're, I mean, it was 76 here yesterday. It's going to be 29 tonight. It's going to be cold here. All right. Well, those seem like fabricated numbers. Like I have no idea what that means. So <laughs> is, it like, is it near zero? Is it near freezing? Oh, oh <laughs> you're geez. in Celsius. I forgot about this. Yeah, okay. I, I'm in real temperature, not like magic temperature. <laughs> I can't convert this off the top of my head. I'm not going to lie. Uh, 29 is minus two, by the way, if people need to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I know 32 would be zero. So it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, down, down there. It was probably in the teens. Yesterday, 
And on Sunday, it's expected to be hovering a bit above, a bit below freezing. So not optimal passing conditions in general. And then you have, do you even need to throw the ball against this Packers defense at this point? They have no one left. Like their only good players are now in the secondary. And Zeke looks like he's going to be coming back. You probably won't see a full workload. So for like daily fantasy and DraftKings, I still like Tony Pollard quite a bit here. I think he's going to get a ton of run in this game as the, until Zeke is back at 100%. He might not get all the goal line carries, but when it comes to like the split, it's going to be like 66-33 in favor of Pollard this week. I just, 32 is so many. I mean, to get to 33 passing attempts to beat me, unless I have wildly miscalculated how good Dallas is, and I think that they are very good, and wildly miscalculated how bad Green Bay is, and they're pretty bad, that I just don't see the need to pass 32 and a half times. In this yeah, this is one of two passing... Uh unders that I like on the, on the attempt side. So yeah, I can get behind this. Connor, do you have any thoughts on, uh, on deck? No, I, I am curious on Pat's thoughts. I know this is a prop show, but I mean, Dallas minus four, like, I think we're all in agreement that Dallas is the better side. Like, I mean, any thoughts on that? Because I feel like just everything you've said, like Dallas's defense is significantly better. Packers, no Romeo Dobbs, you know, Packers run defense is bad. Like Cowboys should be able to just run the ball. Like, what are we missing? Because clearly sharp money has moved this like from six to four. I bet it at five, so I don't care where the sharp money is coming <laughs> out of. Maybe yeah, maybe it's a bad spot. The Packers have lost all these road games. Like These narratives can pile up. I mean, and home dogs of four or more points this year have been doing excellent against the spread. It just this seems like such a horrible matchup, both in reality and on paper. Where And like even a, even a little thing that people tend to overlook, like over the last six weeks, the best team in football on special teams, Dallas, the worst. Green Bay, it just little edges like that are where you can kind of squeeze a bit of extra value. I, I went through a lull betting-wise midway through the season, and a lot of it was really chalked up to, I would look at this number and say, five for Green Bay. It's like, I really think Dallas is going to win, but they're trying to trick me with this number. I'll take Green Bay. And then the side I should have taken absolutely smashes. And I'm like, well, what am I doing here? So uh, the past three weeks, I've gone back to, I think like when I cap this game, I do it on Sunday nights on my show, the Pat Mayo experience tune in live comes on the hour before Sunday night football, end of the games to the beginning of the game. And boom, we're out. It's fun. And we guess the lines. I thought it was going to be Dallas minus nine. Jeez. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, I feel like it's a situational better spot to your point. Like you have green Bay, Aaron Rodgers at home, like getting more than a field goal. I think that probably, just kind of goes off for some people. Like that's just a spot that I have to bet blindly. But if you actually handicap any of the matchups and like you got into the weeds even more on the special team side. And I, I happened last year with green Bay too. A lot of their special team stuff isn't even tied to the kicking game. It's literally tied to like field position stuff. Yeah. Like just kick returns, punt returns, like coverage. Like there's just nothing that tells you that green Bay, like Eric Stokes now going to be out for the season. Their best like linebacker, Devondre Campbell out. Rashawn Gary, uh, Rashawn Gary out. out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Lazard might not play along with Dubs. And then Aaron Jones is going to play by like 60%. And Aaron Rodgers legit looks like he doesn't care. Right. Yeah. So it feels square and it feels like there's a problem. And again, it obviously the market's moving against it. But yeah, I agree too. It's a good, it's a good point. So yeah, I like the DAC play quite a bit. Uh, first one for me. I'm also going to stay here in the uh, Midwest in the cold. Uh, I'm going to continue to bang the drum on Justin Fields over 57 and a half rushing yards. This is available at minus 110 on MGM. 
Uh, it opened to 58 and a half, hung around for a little bit, juiced up, and then is basically 57 and a half everywhere. And this has more to do with the handicap of the matchup again than chasing the historic performance last week. We've been targeting fairly successfully running quarterbacks against man heavy and blitz heavy teams. And that's kind of the handicap here as well. Right? The Bears have been kind of taking a step here with the added focus on design runs for fields. And it's been great. He's got 21 design runs in the past three weeks. Uh, last handful of games, he's averaging 12.2 attempts, 102 yards on the ground in the last four outings. But the Lions are playing man at a top 10 rate. They blitz the league's fourth highest rate. It's just that simple. 57 and a half is just too low for a guy who has been doing this with ease and having success. I can't see him getting away from it here. So 57 and a half. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't care, ran for like 42 yards last week uh, against the Lions. Uh, there's no way that Fields doesn't tuck it a couple times and run successfully here over 57 and a half. It looks like it's moved again, 58 and a half, still 58 and a half on MGM. Love it. I like that you brought this up because that just you I, I like the fields one. Obviously, I think you just kind of bet it until it doesn't win anymore. And then you can move on your way and recalibrate what the new number is going to be. But what you just said about a running quarterback against a team that's blitz heavy and plays man just instantly led me to Jacoby Brissett over 15 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I looked at that, too. And I tried to I, like I hadn't bet it, but I've been doing that with Gino. Uh, Gino, every time he's played Arizona, that's one for us. We did it against Daniel Jones, against the Bears, who play a lot of man. Like, it's kind of worked uh, a lot of times, even for non-rushing quarterbacks. So, yeah, I like that look a lot. Uh, Connor, I know you've talked about it. You, you talked about it with Sharp Clark as well, about the concern. And maybe they don't have to get into these third and long scramble situations because they'll probably have so much success running on early downs with the running backs because obviously Detroit's defense is very generous no matter what you want to yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, but any thoughts on the field stuff for the folks? No, I mean, I see I go back and forth. I think that the over is the right look for sure, but uh, it's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't take it because I feel like they could just like, they can crush on early down. So like, if you look at, at like the last game, like they were getting these such like ridiculous third down, like third down to seven, third down to eight situations where fields is like rolling around, you know, scrambling, like, I mean, but he should still do that regardless. They're still going to get in those situations enough for you to hit the over, probably. It's just that if they don't, uh, it'll just be close. Like, if that, that's all I got to say is it'll be, it'll be close. Yeah. He's can been I, close to doing this in the half, in the first half, last couple weeks. Can I, can I throw out that the, the Lions defense has actually been a little bit better? I mean, like the turnovers in the red zone last week for the Packers, I think are going to be hiding a lot of that, right? Sure, but like they had Dallas on lockdown until they started turning the ball over. That's they fair. played Miami, and Miami is going to like beat up on any sib defense. Like if you are reasonably bad anywhere, especially in like the back end of the secondary, Miami's going to toast you. Just like the, like I don't think that the Bears defense and the Lions defense is like super dissimilar, especially without Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn now. That I agree with for sure. Yeah, that I agree with. I'm not there on like the Bears line. Like uh, the Lions are, I could say better, but not. Still not like not a bottom three unit. I think they're still Bears, Lions, and Texans. Maybe terrible defenses. See, let's see rush defense. Where maybe maybe I'm completely uh, completely off on all this. Where's Detroit end up coming in? Detroit's like middle of the pack the last month against the run. So they're going to try to establish. I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and pick. Actually, no, they're sixth against the run over the past uh, over the past month. So. Passing is where you're going to get them. So this might actually work to your favor a little bit where maybe they don't gain a ton on early downs if all they do is Montgomery and Herbert the entire time. Maybe they find themselves in a few third and sevens, which would kind of precipitate 
Justin Fields breaking off 45 yard runs. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it in one carry. We'll be fine. Like yeah. we did last week. That was a great run. But yeah. It's, again, the handicap is, is pretty clearly the man tendencies, right? It's just they turn their backs because they're chasing their guy. You can have a spy. The spy's not going to be as fast or as athletic as Justin Fields. And then blitzing obviously forces, especially a quarterback who's you know, not simply comfortable sitting in the pocket and making passes down the field. He's going to have, you know, more prone to break pocket run and, and break plays. So uh, fields 57 and a half, I think still a great look. Connor, back to you. Number two. Yeah. Number two for me, uh, I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz over 31 receiving yards. I know Pat brought up uh, some potential volume concerns here and, What's crazy is that in his three games with Dak Prescott, despite Dak throwing for fewer than 30 pass attempts in every game, he has 62, 49, and 74 receiving yards on nine, five, and seven targets. He seems to be like the clear number two pass catcher behind CeeDee Lamb, essentially. And like, uh, I mean, right now we have like 46 projected. Uh, I, I just think this number is like, you know, five to 10 yards too low here, uh, especially against a, a beat up Green Bay team too, especially. So I think this is a good look here for him to, you know, finish with like 40 plus yards, maybe even a lot more. I like this a lot, and this works really well on a same-game parlay because you're correlating two negative things together that it'll actually give you a bit more of a boost than the odds will actually allow you. Like like if you had gone Dak under C.D. Lamb under, well, those are correlated in a way. But if you go Dak under Schultz over, you're going to get a boost within their algorithm. So I, I, I like that's the one that I like on Dallas because it just feels too low. Yeah, I agree. Play with Connor as well. I think it's, uh, it's a nice-looking – yeah, I think it bodes really well. And even if his his routes are down a little bit, he'll still his target per route run has been pretty good with Dak in the lineup. So it's not like they asked Dalton Schultz to block a ton. Correct. Yeah. All right, Pat, number two for you. All right. I almost like the fields over. I'm just gonna keep going to the well here. My projections have this as an absolute smash. And it would take a bizarre circumstance for this not to come true because the number is just they refuse to put it any higher. Tyree Kill over 93 and a half receiving yards. How can anyone really argue? Uh, that number with the way he's playing right now. Uh, Carter, did you give it any look, any consideration? I mean, not that, that Browns defense is a problem too. Yeah, the Waddle number is dropping too. Like it's like open to like 70. It's down to like, I saw some 66s, 67 and a half. I mean, I think you can just set the over on all these guys like every week. They're they're awesome. And the Browns defense, I know they're getting healthier. Like Denzel Ward's going to play, but it just hasn't even mattered. Like when they've, even when they're healthy, like they've still been bad. So um I mean, and Miami with Tua, I like broke it down. When games he started, they're first in like EPA, pass EPA, success rate, explosive pass rate, like literally every metric, they're like top five. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable right now. So no problem chasing elite receivers. Pat's on a pretty good run every time he's put in, uh, you know, whether it's a Derrick Henry or, uh, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson. He's had a pretty good hit rate, I think, this season with uh, – elite overs uh, like that yeah spot. i mean i i should really just do like because I, I know some weeks i'm like oh yeah Jawan johnson over 12 and a half receiving yards and sometimes you just look at it it's like derrick henry this week i don't have derrick henry as one of my picks it's like the worst rushing defense over the last month against derrick henry just take the over <laughs> i know i say Quan's in that mix this week too i think spot. etn's in that mix too like maybe game flow worries you but like Dude is going to get his 20 carries. And against that awful run defense where he breaks off chunk plays, it's like, yeah, that, that makes way too much sense. I'll come back to this and give a uh, maybe a same game parlay leg for the Tyreek thing in a minute. But my second one is going to be Damian Pierce. Again, we're just, he's kind of working his way into this field. Um, over 77 and a half rushing yards. This is minus 110 on MGM. 
Um, I played 76 and a half rushing yards when this drops, but he's basically their only constant right now. He's their only answer to moving the football and the usage has been insane. Um, the Texans haven't quite entered like Titans, Bears, Falcons tier of rush heavy teams, but their pass rate over expectation is like negative 9% over the last few weeks on first downs, negative 15%. So they are just turning around and, and handing the ball to Pierce hiding Davis Mills, which makes a lot of sense. Great matchup here. Giants have been among the worst run defenses in the league and success rate, yards per game, EPA, explosive rush rate, basically, you know, anything that matters here. Actually the worst team in the league on first downs as well. So again, knowing that this is going to be a lot of Pierce on first downs, bodes fairly well here. I don't imagine that the game script gets out of hand either. Uh, they'll continue to run him regardless. So I think as they did even against the Eagles uh, last week. So we have a projected for 91 yards. I feel pretty comfortable with him being anywhere below 80. So, uh, Pat, what do you got on uh, on Pierce? It's just it's a pure volume play. You just have to hope that this game, even if the game gets a little bit out of hand, the Texans have shown the proclivity just to keep running because that's all they got. <laughs> Connor, are you on this? Or are you, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I didn't take it originally, but the more I looked at it and the more you broke it down, I think that I like it. Was there any... Like I know he was injured a little bit, like in in uh, you know early in the week. Is there any anything come to light with that? No, they said he's fine. Totally he's fine. Practice, practice full. Yep. Two last yeah. Two also, the Giants' run defense, according to the metrics, has not played well. Which I mean, it's so strange because I feel like the the Giants continue to like win and play well just across the board, but their metrics are really not that good. So I don't know. It's it's, it's a very strange thing where my eyes are deceiving me. I think. Yeah, we talked about it last night on the show a little bit. Like I got into some of their down and distance stuff defensively. They are bar by far the worst run defense and pass defense on first down. Second down, they're still below average. Third down, they are top five against the run, top five, like number two against the pass. They are opportunistic. They are good when they need to be. I think that's probably times when they blitz a lot because they're a very blitz happy team. So uh, hey, they're good when it matters and. I don't know. I think you just see a lot of peers. Like like Pat said, it's you're probably looking at 20 carries here, and the volume alone helps him get here. So I, I had something to kind of chime in too on that same game parlay that I was talking about, and just looking at the different distinctions on the types of bets that you're putting together. Now, I'm not talking about like a 13 leg same game parlay, but the one I just talked about, Dak under, and these are alt lines too. Like these are more heavily juiced uh, than you would normally do. But when you put in Dak under 249 and a half passing yards and i think his total is like 232 so i've juiced the over up and i'm taking the under uh and i'm paying like minus 140 or something for it and then i bring down the over for schultz from i think it was 33 and a half to 29 and a half and that's like minus 130 and bet the over on that that pays plus 250 because the algorithm doesn't quite know what's going on as an example to this if you play that same DAC under of 249 and a half and play it with C.D. Lamb, his just regular over-under, and put it together of the under 69.5, it pays plus 130. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like, plus, that's, that's almost a normal parlay. Like plus say, yeah, you're getting like regular parlay odds. Because you have anti-correlated your same game parlays. It's next level stuff there. We need uh, anti-correlation SGPs as, like, uh, <laughs> as plays, because it does make a lot of sense. I mean, it, I, I, think, I think it's a good look there for sure. Yeah, I think you can do that. And I think that's probably the best way to do it, too, is just volume plays on the quarterback side. Right? Just efficiency number, whether it's completions or attempts, is probably your best look. And then finding maybe some low threshold overs, whether it's receiving yard, tight ends, things like that, I think probably are the best way to do it. The problem is 
is that most of like, for example, on DraftKings Sportsbook, if you go to completions for Dak Prescott or you go to passing attempts for Dak Prescott, there's no over under that you can bet on. It's all like over progressive. So I guess like you could take over 35 attempts or over 30 attempts. It's not like over under 30 and a half when you get into the same game parlay mode, unfortunately. That's a flaw. Someone could solve that. That'd be a, a nice thing. Cause you're just betting these one way markets, you know, you're sometimes you don't even have visibility to what the actual number is too. Once you're just clicking in the over number and just watch it populate into the parlay, yeah. but you don't even know what that actual odds of that bet is. So it's tough. They know what they're doing. All right. We are, that was mine, Damian Pierce. All right. So halfway through Connor, number three, if you're hanging out in the chat. Uh, let us know questions, anything that you're looking at this week. We can get to that at the end of the show. If we have time, Connor hit us. So one that I have not released yet, and I still really like, and that I've been eyeing here, Khalif Raymond just dropped down to 33 and a half receiving yards. It looks like Josh Reynolds is not going to play uh, again. Uh, and this is like the same situation essentially as last week, but now getting a Bears defense who the last two weeks since trading away Robert Quinn, straight away Roquan Smith, have allowed a 73% completion rate, 9.6 yards per attempt, dead last in both EPA and explosive pass rate. Now that was against the Cowboys and Dolphins. But so they're probably not the stone cold worst, but they're definitely bad. Uh, and I think that like, if we kind of look at the game, like there is, they're not getting much pressure anymore. They're like bottom five, six in pressure rate over that time span as well. So in this specific spot here, I think that Jared Goff and the Lions offense has a little bit more, uh, you know, success than they have been, especially through the passing game. And uh, you can probably ladder this too. I mean, if you get like 40 plus 50 plus 60 plus, you can probably get some nice odds there. In, he's hit the over on 33 and a half in four of his last five games. And uh, he's hit 70 plus in the last two of three. The only reason this number is this low is because he went three for 17 against the Packers, where Jared Goff had like 26 pass attempts and they didn't really have to do anything through the air because they ran the ball with Jamal Williams 30 times. So I think that's a, that over is a strong lean. I wasn't going to play it at like 40 where it opened, but now it's at 33 and a half. I think it's a solid look there. You stole this from my sheet. I don't like that. Oh, <laughs> man. Sorry, Pat. But I yes, I like this as well. I see everything that you see. Yeah, we wanted Raymond last week too, and it didn't come out until really later. They only posted, I think, yards, and we were looking for receptions or something, but wouldn't have hit. But it, I think the look is great because it's like ninety route, ninety percent route participation last couple of weeks. Like he's yeah. he's playing a ton. Ninety five percent of the snaps last week as well, and you know sometimes they ask him to block. Not often though, and usually the times that he's not on the field are for first down because he's returning kickoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Josh Reynolds is not playing. He hasn't practiced in two weeks. He's, you know, he didn't practice again today. Like, there's no way that he's going to be a game day active after not practicing a bunch. So, yeah, I like the Raymond stuff quite a bit. I am going to go to my guy. This, this one's been hitting for me a ton. Danny Jones, under 186 and a half passing yards. I think I have him projected at 140. <laughs> like he did, And this is a game where... It's funny that his, like some, there were some weeks it was like 220 and a half. And it was like, good Lord. Like, what are these people smoking? I like it. I don't want any of them, but you keep smoking and I'll bet against you. Well, you are, but this is a good secondary. It's the only thing that the Texans do well and you can run all over them. Why would you ever pass in this game? Yeah. Even us, again, we are typically pretty high on quarterback stuff. We are under this number as well. So, uh, Connor, any thoughts to, uh, to Daniel Jones? Yeah, but they're getting Kenny Galladay back, right? That'll uh, put him <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I looked at this a bunch, and I didn't really have too strong of a lean. I want to play the under because I think that both sides skew, like, massively run heavy, and that, like, kills volume in general as well. So that, like, kind of tends towards, you know, the under uh, as is. So, yeah, I, I think that's a great look. Yeah, you won't get the boosted odds because they'll be all correlated, but some 
you know, passing unders here correlated with some rushing overs would make a, a pretty nice, a little bit longer, a little bit bigger same game parlay. But uh, I think you can get a couple of legs on, you know, out of Saquon, added a Pierce, you know, short Davis Mills, short Daniel Jones, and you could be off and running because I do think you see a lot of running back carries here. All right. I am going to pop out for a minute. I'll be right back. I'm excited to hear your next one. Oh, you're going to love it. Hit, hit, hit me with it before you before I take off. So we can, we can do it with, uh, with your boy Tyreek. Amari Cooper, over 62 and a half receiving love yards. It. Love it. Love it. Oh, man. We got the Pat Mayo stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah, you can put these two together. Connor and I both are on this. Um, Dolphins have been a pass funnel all season long. Uh, basically 31st against the pass and a lot of meaningful metrics. Struggle to generate pressure, but they blitz a ton. They blitz on a third of their snaps. Uh, but they are bottom three in blitz success rate on the season, which is not good. Um, and maybe they are able to generate a little bit more pressure with Bradley Chubb in town, but I don't imagine that they're going to go away from this blitz-heavy scheme here. Um, they also play a lot of um, single high. They run a ton of single high, cover three stuff. Uh, and Jacoby Brissett and Amari Cooper have pretty significant splits uh, against cover two and against single high stuff. So I'm not going to read those to you because it's very boring for you to listen to me read these numbers, but <laughs> success rate, uh, points above average per play, explosive play rate, they're all drastically different in single high versus cover two for both Jacoby and for Amari Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper to the moon, ladders here, Connor. Uh, oh, yeah. We're in on Amari Cooper. I'm waiting but, for him. They'll, they'll be dropping soon, I think. But, but Ryan, he's only good at home. Is that a thing? So far this year, yeah. Like if you look at his splits, uh, he went over for me on the road in Baltimore. I don't think by a lot, but he like yeah, by he, in, the, in the first quarter, I think he did. But I don't he, think he, he was four for seventy four in that game. But at home, he's been seven for one thirty one, or sorry, five for one thirty one, seven for seventy six, four. No, that was on the road. No, that was at home too. Four for forty four, and. Nine for 101, seven for 101. And on the road, it's been like three for 17, one for nine. <laughs> it's just, it's really bizarre. And it's funny because in Dallas, it was always, you can only play him in Dallas because he sucks outdoors. And now <laughs> none of that makes any sense. No, no. Love the Amari spot. I think he absolutely crushes here. Uh, you know, got in the weeds a little bit on some of the, the coverage stuff. But again, like we posted in the Discord at four for four. You can read it there. I'm not going to read you these numbers, but uh, it's pretty massive splits for both these dudes, Connor. So we're going to, we're going to find some ladders. Uh, yeah. I think also, too, no, no Njoku, maybe. I mean, I don't really know how much that even matters, but I feel like it just, like, still elevates maybe his target ceiling, you know, if anything there. So True. Let's see here. What, what What's the regular over-under number? Just straight up. Six, 62, I think. 62. So I can go over 59 and a half. And Tyreek over 89 and a half. That gives me that's plus one ninety five. That's actually not bad. No, it's not bad. And I've taken those numbers down a little bit as well. I think you'll probably be able to get um, some sites to let you, you know, just take all um, both get both guys getting over a hundred. Probably gonna be like seven to one, eight to one on both guys to go over hundred yards. So let's let's see here. Uh, I can go Amari over eighty nine and a half, and Tyreek over over one oh nine. Try that out. That's six to one. What do we what do we think about this too? Donovan Peoples Jones throwing him in there. Uh over 40 over under 41 and a half and 81, 71, 74, 50, and 71 the last five games. 
Yeah, you, yeah. you throw you throw in over 40 yards for him, it's now 10 to 1. Ooh. Cooking. Yeah, and that's another spot where I think the Njoku thing matters, right? Like at least as far as the concentration of targets, I, I don't think we saw Harrison Bryant. Everyone was hoping to get Harrison Bryant work against the Bengals and that spot goose egg. Um, I think it's just going to go out to the wide receivers here. So yeah, I like that quite a bit. Nice little DPJ addition, 10 to one. We're cooking. I mean, Tyreek getting to a hundred yards, like it's a pretty low threshold for what that dude's doing. It's almost his normal prop at this point. So we're not asking a whole lot there. So, all right, Connor, number four. Yeah, I don't have a number four. I was just going to, you know, talk about a few other things that I was looking at with you guys here. Um, my bit. I, I know I, I, they're slow rolling like these props more and more each week. It is crazy. Like there's like less than half the games out or like half the stuff out for those games. It's just like very strange. Um, Kyler Murray, see, this is an issue. I don't even know if he's going to play. It looks like Kyler and Matthew Stafford are both uh, like, I don't know, 50, 50, but I was looking for his rushing unders specifically. If we're able to get that, it looks like it's some like kind of hammy issue. Uh, you know, I think that that, uh, you know, could be an interesting look as well. Ryan Tannehill unders. Against Denver, you don't think he's gonna play? No. Okay. Well, then. Then Malik gonna Willis play? unders. What are, I mean, Malik Willis unders. Like, what are they gonna be like? Ninety-nine passing yards. Like, I don't even know what I'm gonna see. I mean, like yeah. it was 140, 151 last week. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would bet probably bet under like one twenty. What do I have him at? I have Tan. Like we have Tannehill in at Run the Sims. Um, but I, I just I. Don't think he's going to play. He has a high, he has a high ankle sprain. You don't come back from that right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I, care what the Malik stuff is, Connor. I mean, I don't know. It's been they're not even trying. And you can kind of run on Denver, and Denver is like one of the best, if not the best, pass defense in the league. Yeah, Be- best pass, worst run. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not the spot where you turn Malik Willis loose as a passer. <laughs> I, I think they would just do what they did last week, and they come mm-hmm. out of the gate and show you that they'll take shots over the top. Sure. And then sure. never do it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is 75% of his yards came on like a, what is that a fullback or a tight end screen or whatever? Like, uh, I, I don't remember that guy's name, but uh, it was, no, it was, it was someone else. Oh yeah. It was one of their, uh, backup tight end. I'm going to, I'll butcher his name, but yeah. Oh yeah. Chiku. It's a Nigerian yes. name. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can same game parlay Denver rushing unders in that game too. I mean, Tennessee's almost the opposite. They are not, letting much on the ground and uh, priest out against the pass. And Denver seems to continue to want to run, especially on early down. So yeah, it's a good spot. Are there any other looks on your list, Connor, that you want to pop out there? Um, well, I think that that was, those were the two main ones. There's like the 10 hill under for sure. But I have like, you know, a laundry list here of just other, other stuff as well. But uh, those are the two main ones that I think that are more actionable for listeners specifically. Uh, Pat, your, your list or your fourth or however you'd like to go about it. What do you think? Oh, they're not going to offer Schultz on a receiving prop? Good God. <sighs> I'm going to go with this percent. It just dropped in real time as we were talking. So now it's at 14 and a half. Even better. Over Jacoby Brissett. 14 and a half rushing yards. He's good for like three attempts a game. And as you mentioned, if it's going to be blitz-heavy team, Miami, playing man, Miami, going to be great news for Jacoby Brissett here. Yeah. I like it. Let me um, see... Let's look at some game locks, see if we can see anything around blitz heavy teams, see if he's done anything. Uh, New England plays a ton of man. Let's see if I could find this scrimmage. 
Let's see. Brissett, six for 12 last week against Cincinnati. Uh, some of those were the kneel downs. Baltimore, three for 18, did nothing against uh, New England. The Chargers, three yeah. for 32. Atlanta, five for 16, three for 11, six for 43, four for 10. Like he's not fast. When you no. see him run, he runs in molasses. But again, if guys have their backs to the line of scrimmage and he beats a guy outside just on a broken coverage, he gets us all in one swoop. Yeah, they played a ton. Like basically, like they've played, they haven't really played anyone that plays outside of New England that plays a ton of man or blitzes a lot, to be honest. So, like, they've had a unique schedule. So, there's not a lot. You like to see the attempts. Even against Cincinnati, he broke out six times. Like, that's encouraging. So, he'll have more opportunities to do so here. So, yeah, I like that look. It's a low threshold. And we've, you know, he's gone over that even despite that not happening a lot, at least more than half the games this season. So, it's a good look. Uh, any others on your list that you're waiting for? I mean, I was waiting for the – is it Dulwich or Dul- Dulcich? Greg Dulcich? Dulcich? Is that how we're saying it? Whatever. His, I his it was over, Like, what, what are we getting his over at? Is it going to be in the 30s or 40s, do you think? I thought he was out. Uh... 39 and a half was last time. Uh, I think it dropped for a little bit. I th- thought someone bet it, but uh, let's see. It's 39 and a half on DraftKings. I'm seeing it's it's all over the map. A site that can't be named, 42 and a half. MGM is 41 and a half. Points bet, 45 and a half. Caesars and DraftKings, 39 and a half. I see. I didn't see it on DraftKings. That's weird. Rig. It's flashing on the screens that I have, so I'm guessing that it's being... It, it may uh, have just got added because I have the screen open if I... Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's still not there for me. Yeah, maybe it's getting hit. That's why it's... Uh, it's moving a little bit in some other spots. So. Like I, I have no one. Like I don't have that game available to me for any props in the receiver. Me neither. It just looks like everything's off the board for that game. Yeah. Okay. But I, I like his over. I have him projected around like 52, 53 yards. Okay. Yeah. So even low forties, probably pretty safe. Yeah, I'm guessing because we have such a usually don't have this big of a discrepancy between numbers, and because it's flashing a little bit on this odd screen that I have, it means it's probably getting hit at a bunch of different spots at the same time. So a group of some sort probably pushed that out. So Mayo's got it in the low fifties, probably comfortable up until 45 and a half or so. Uh, Prize picks has him at 39 and a half. I like that. Yeah. That's nice. All right. No problem with that one. Um, Last one for me, a couple others to get to that I'm looking forward to. In that same spot, I like Jared Goff. I'm considering putting that out under 34 and a half attempts. Uh, I don't know what you have that number at. They're skewing even more run heavy and the bears kind of force you to skew a little bit more run heavy too, but just teams have in general, like their pass rate over expectation against them is like negative eight. And I think that the lions are very comfortable. If you can allow us to run all over you, we will do so. So I think tiny hands golf, cold weather in Chicago, you know, maybe you see a little bit more Deandre Swift this week. I think you see a lot of uh, carries there. Um, so that's a consideration. I have not put that out, but my last is Christian Kirk. Over 63 and a half receiving yards. Chiefs have really struggled against slot receivers, and they think Jacksonville leans pass heavy because they have to. Um, again, I do think Etienne gets his stuff, but they're just going to be forced to, to keep up here. Chiefs have allowed the third most yards per game to slot receivers, sixth highest success rate. Uh, and we've seen some pretty drastic splits when both Zay Jones and Marvin Jones are healthy. That forces Kirk into the slot. Otherwise, they push him outside. They put Jamal Agnew in the slot. And that's a very different game for, for Christian Kirk. So now with Marv outside, uh, Zay outside, you're going to see nothing but slot snaps for 
for Christian Kirkins, three receiver sets. He's averaging 5.6 receptions, 75 yards in, per game in those spots versus 41.3 yards per game when he's taking the majority outside. So uh, just in the spot where it feels a little heavy, and I think you know a lot of median projections probably have him right at this number, maybe even a little bit below. Uh, I don't think it's accounting for the matchup and then kind of how the team interacts when he's out there. So uh, I like Christian Kirk quite a bit. Uh, I, I like how you have described why you like him, because I like him for the same reasons, but you are correct. My projections have him less than this. Yeah, I looked and I knew that we were under on the uh, run the Sims number there. So, uh, Connor, any thoughts for you? No, you're muted. He doesn't care. Oh, man. He just wants to get to the wedding. Amateur. Wow, that's uh, that, that's a first in, in a while. I was I was on a pretty good roll there of being muted and talking like almost once an episode for a good portion of, of last year. Uh, this might be a first this year, at least for a little while. But no, I, I like it. I think the numbers, it, it felt about right. I think you, I, we're bond bullish on Lawrence this week. I think that they're going to push the pace a little bit, maybe dabble with some Lawrence alts. I don't know. I couldn't really get uh, to play like the 249. I felt like that was just kind of about right, just given kind of what we've seen from him this year. But I mean, this this game could certainly explode, I think, uh, at least. That I think the Jags could maybe hang around enough, enough to cover if uh, if Lawrence and the offense feels up to it and doesn't throw like back-breaking interceptions in the red zone. Uh, tackles to look for. No tackles on the board now, but uh, tackles to notes. Uh, a couple of spots I really like. Tremaine Edmonds, uh, linebacker for the Bills. I think we're going to have weather here a little bit too. It looks like maybe rain or maybe sleet or snow. And I think the game script is going to be a little bit more close because I feel pretty confident. I know Connor does as well. We don't see Josh Allen, but either way, um, Tremaine Edwards probably going to be hung at eight and a half, which is basically where he always is. He has at least nine and four straight, a couple into like the low teens. Um, Matt Milano is probably out here. Either way, Edmonds plays every down and has been really a, a ball hawk. So I think you see maybe a little bit more running from the Vikings because they can, because it'll be probably a more neutral script than what they would be against Josh Allen. And uh, that's a good spot for an over. I'm um, also going to look at Julian Love, safety for the Giants. We just talked about how we expect a lot of Texan runs. Unfortunately, we cannot same game parlay tackles uh, with anything, but um, Love plays a lot of box snaps. The other guy that plays a little bit in the box is Xavier McKinney. Somehow during the bye, he broke his hand. He's out. Um, they'll mix in Landon Collins a little bit. He's not an every down guy, but uh, Julian Love probably going to be hung around five and a half. I think it probably should be six and a half. So we'll take a Julian Love over there. And then we'll go back to Cam Curl. Uh, Cam Curl for Washington. They're just going to run a ton against the uh, commanders the Eagles are on Monday night. Curl has an insane box rate, plays like almost 50% of his snaps in the box. Their leading tackler, Cole Holcomb, is out. Did not practice again today, did not practice last week. Just leads Their other linebackers are pretty terrible. So there's just going to be a lot of opportunities for Curl. And he'll again probably be at five and a half, so pretty low number for Cam Curl. I imagine because that's a Monday night game, they do hang them, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But those are my three favorite tackle looks uh, currently. Again, nothing posted, but we'll have to wait and see. Also, a good way to play this is Price Picks because Price Picks will play the flat number, even if it gets juiced to like minus one seventy, minus one eighty. They won't move that. They typically will continue to play that same number. So if there's some guys that you like, like oftentimes there'll be a guy that I like and I just don't want to play a minus 170. I'll play it on price picks instead. So it's an interesting look in case you're thinking of dabbling the, the props. The uh, I'll throw this out here for the people too. You can parlay tackle props together as long as they're not in the same game on Bet365 if you want to. 
I started adding them to my vivid slips, uh, like on the vivid picks, uh, app that just like continuously posts like the stalest lines ever. Uh, and just like, is always like hours behind the market if anything happens. So that's been my go-to if in case any news breaks or anything, you know, like starting quarterback out, I mean, they're posting Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis at like normal numbers. Uh, which, well, Steph Diggs should be at normal numbers. I was thinking about Steph Diggs. You think he's fine? What's that? You think he'll be fine with Keenum? Yeah. I mean, this was a guy who didn't have any problems putting up 120 a game with Case Keenum before. Yeah. And Minnesota's so bad, big plays. Like, yeah, you know, it's dangerous, dangerous spot to chase. Uh, I mean, unless the weather breaks and we think the weather's going to be worse than it is, it's always going to be, you know, not great. But, like, I don't know. Steph Diggs is not not used to that by now. Should, I don't know. should be fine from my, uh, from my look. We'll what is vivid picks? Are those like porn picks? <laughs> it's like you know what vivid seats is like that uh, that app like to buy buy tickets. I was more familiar with vivid the porno site, but sure. <laughs> they they spawned off and made like a prize picks app or whatever, and they have like one guy doing all their trading, so they just copy DraftKings lines and then just never move them. So, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's uh, I mean, I don't know. It's I would say otherwise. It's the the payouts are pretty bad, but I mean doesn't matter if like the lines are like 30 yards off you know yeah that works uh promo code four for four we got a link <laughs> we do we do yeah we do uh well promo code four four works that's fine i do have a question but one more just dropped sam ellinger over under 28 and a half pass attempts i kind of lean under uh i just feel like they're both teams are just gonna run the ball and get out of there but uh it's already a kind of a low number so i don't know he got to 29 last week but they're literally losing the entire game uh I don't know. I, I think Jonathan Taylor might... looks like he's back. Yeah, exactly. Taylor back too. Pat, do you have any Ellinger uh, projections up? I am for 30 attempts. Yeah. That's the issue. It feels like it's probably about right on most like mean median projections. Yeah. And you have to remember, like he, he has so many incompletions that then he, then he has to throw again. Like if he was yeah. completing more passes, this wouldn't be an issue. True. Maybe under completions is the, yeah, I was gonna say, what is there? But the, but the issue is the Raiders defense is so bad. Like, so so bad. Seventeen and a half completions. That that I don't know. Seems a little. I, I have them at eighteen completions. So, yeah, <sighs> yeah, probably just a pass. What do you think, John? Like we have John Wolford in our projections right now instead of Matt Stafford. Do you think so he goes rushing yards over? Rushing yards over? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, it's a great matchup because the the Cardinals are the team that we like. To, one of the teams we like to do this. So like Geno hit both times comfortably against them. A lot of man, a lot of blitz. But like Wolford can run, like that's his. That's kind of his thing. So, yeah, I mean, if that's a, like high twenties or thirties, um, yeah, Wolford rushing yards over will be a play for me for sure. If he, yeah, if he's uh, he had over a hundred rushing attempts three of the four years at Wake, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he can run. We do not have him projected for many passing yards. I, I think that I, when I went in to make my adjustments to put him in to see what was going on, I think I basically just transferred over Stafford stats. <laughs> <laughs> which is very generous, but also not great because Stafford's stats have been pretty terrible too. Yeah. That's why he like, he's not out of control. Yeah. Yeah. We still got Stafford and no, no Wolford from us, but, uh, but they, they can't run though. Remember that. No, they cannot. I took uh, under on their team total. I talked about it last night on our game preview show. I teased up both team totals a little bit to take under 24 and a half for the Cardinals under 24 and a half for the Rams. That's like minus minus one twenty out there on a couple of sites like those teams are not getting there they have not the rams haven't got there like six of the last seven games they've had 20 or fewer points all right there we go i, I just increased wofford's rushing share to 15 percent 
of the Rams, and now he's up to four for 16. I would guess it comes in a lot lower than that. How did he do in his uh, playoff game, rushing-wise? Well, the one playoff game, he got like concussed right away, right? Like the Seahawks game. Yeah, he had played the week before, though. Yeah, he ran. Uh, well, he only has two rushes for minus one yard this year. That's in V formation, though. So that's probably not indicative, I'm guessing. Let's see. Yeah, no, he only ran one time against the uh, the Seahawks for two yards. He ran six, was... for, six for 56 against uh, the Cardinals. That's it. Yeah, So because the, the, that's the play he got concussed on. In yes. the first quarter against the Seahawks. Uh, so yeah. Okay. I'm adding that to the list when those eventually drop because he's playing. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Like, Allen's not playing. Tannehill's not playing. Stafford's not playing. That's happening. Agreed. All right. It's uh, a couple minutes left. We get some uh, questions here in the chats. Let's kind of pile through these a little bit. SC, best way to attack bad Texans run defense. Uh, looked at Saquon props, but they looked high already. Yes, but like, I mean, they are. I don't know what too high is. Like, again, yeah, I know Connor. That's not a place that you like to go to. But I think based off of you talking to you a little bit, I even feel like you're okay with that. Um, I just I don't see how they go away from that off the bye. I know Evan Neal's not there, but again, that's just, the Texans are they have bad tackling linebackers. They have bad tackling safeties. It's a it's not a good team. So yeah, no, I've been doing. I mean, I think it's a good. I was on my list. It was on my list, but I was hoping he gets on in like the 80s, and then it was like 94, and I was like. Ugh. I mean, like, I think he goes over that still probably, but I don't know. You know, I just don't, it's not my vibe, you know? Yeah. What the wiggle room on, I mean, I haven't projected for 110 rushing yards. So and that's a median projection. Yeah. I think that's what we have too, the same number. So there, there's a couple of them like Henry, Barkley, Etchane, Chubb. I have all for over 100 rushing yards. Yeah, I think Saquon's the only one that we have projected for over, but the other guys are close. Uh, no, Henry too. So yeah. Yeah, no problem with it, uh, SC. I mean, it's the way to go. Uh, gosh, no, it's it's no over or nothing. Do not do not try to to get cute here and chase an under. Uh, Brian Sullivan, thoughts on Devontae Smith receiving yards versus Washington when it opens? Obviously not out yet. Twelve for one sixty nine in the one game this year. Uh, I wouldn't chase anything with a one game sample, but I, you know, again, Washington's run D is pretty stout. You can beat them through the air. Um, no idea what it is. Probably going to be in the low to mid fifties there. Any thoughts on that, Connor? If I remember correctly, the reason that he got involved so much that game was because Washington brings a lot of pressure really good and Eagles offensive line got banged up that game. Like they lost like two or three starters. So they had to get the ball out like, like right away. Like it was just like really quick throws. Um, and so I, if I remember correctly, that's why he like went off. But I mean, some of, I mean, the, the Eagles offensive line is like healthier at this point, but the Washington's still getting pretty good pressure. I believe they're like fifth in pressure rate or something like that. So I don't I wouldn't rule it out of it still being the same kind of strategy there with maybe not maybe just like replacing the running game with like a quick passing game. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure it's something that I really want to bet on specifically. Yeah. Um, so wants to know our thoughts on uh, Cambrate and Otten when either hits the board. I mean, I think Cambrate practiced. I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, I, I think that he's playing. Uh, I would just stay away from both of them. I have no idea. But Otten looks a lot better than Brate, right? He does. But yeah, you know they're going to use Braid. Totally going to use yeah. Braid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like the Richard White thing. It's like, yeah, it's great and everything. You might think that he's really good. They're going to play Leonard Fournette. Yeah, it does not matter. Josh wants to know how do you guys feel about uh, Reek one twenty five and Waddle a hundred combo special for nine to one on DK. Uh, 
seems like it's a bit steep to tell you the truth. Like, is that like a specialty like boost that you're getting, or is that a same game parlay? Because at that point, you might as well just put Tua over 300 yards into it as well. Right. Toss yeah. Hey, the wording here, combo special. I'm guessing it's probably one of those pre-populated ones that they would like you to bet on, which is always slightly alarming. Uh, when you open the app and it's the first thing there, and they're telling you, "Hey." you can bet on this just like these other 15,000 people did. You probably should just continue to scroll, uh, continue to look for other things. There's a reason that that's, uh, that's above the fold. Well, yeah. I, I liked, so it was over 125 and over 100. That's what it was? Yeah. Okay, so if I go into, let's see, same game parlay for that game, just to see what it would pay on its own. Uh, if you just use that feature instead. Receiving props... Uh, this is going to be great if it's like low it's like higher than the sometimes that's the case though like don't don't overlook that not being a thing uh so it was waddle over 100 right yeah so they will only offer up to 94 and a half so we'll take over 94 and a half and the most that they'll give you on tyreek is 119 so over 119 pays eight to one and those are lower thresholds so that that seems to be in line with just like what the market is yeah they just don't don't hate it. it so they yeah, I, I don't like to do that. Some sort of like explosive parlay, though. I'd rather pick like pick one guy that you think is going to go absolutely bananas in this spot. Almost like what was it, Jacoby Myers against the Jets a few weeks ago? Like I played the eight or more receptions on him. They paid like ten to one, just because like this is where they're going to go. If you have a feel for something like that, I would just say the more it's like any sort of parlay. The the more elements that you add in, the more variables, the less successful it's going to be. Yeah, you keep pushing those numbers and you think you're taking alt lines and you're like, okay, and you're like, all of a sudden I have eight legs. What happens? Uh, yeah, obviously they would love for you to do that. Uh, Something I like about DraftKings too is that you can uh, add alternate unders. So like, you know, like last week I put like a, a swift alternate, uh, you know, under in the same game parlay and then you can parlay that with something else. It's a good way to, uh, you can't, you can't same game parlay unders on any other website from my understanding, at least that I've seen domestically in the United States. So uh, DraftKings is the only place that does that, and it's a good way to if you get some some reports that you know some guys not going to play that much like we did last week with Swift, then it's a good way to capitalize there. Good call. Uh, all right, um, thoughts on Pickens for this week? Claypool gone, Lattimore probably out again. I mean, Claypool's running in the slot a lot. I think that that could bode well, maybe for Firemouth. Firemouth, not necessarily any of these receivers. And like I want to believe in Kenny Pickett, and maybe there's that like rookie post buy bump. Um, I'm not super excited about it, but um, you know, I think Pittsburgh is probably live to win. That has more to do with maybe Andy Dalton and uh, TJ Watt coming back than uh, you know, any George Pickens or Kenny Pickens emergence. But uh, what do you guys think? Anything there? I have no feel for that game. Everyone loves Pittsburgh. I pick Pittsburgh. Just they could be terrible too, though, right? Yeah. I think they are terrible. I right. wanted to go back to the well with Firemouth, but uh, New Orleans has been uh, like elite for multiple seasons against the tight end, I think. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it was enough to, for me not to smash the over because I feel like Firemouth has already seen a ton of work with Pickett. Numbers only 41 and a half receiving yards. You could still probably get there, to be honest. Uh, but meh. Uh, say, Javon wants to know about golf under 22 and a half completions. Yeah, I talked about. Uh... I talked about the golf attempts. I think the attempts number at 34 and a half is, is too high, uh, but I can get there on the completions as well. well. Problem with the completions is it could be a lot of low A dot stuff to Amon Ra, could be dump offs to Swift. Um, you know, even Khalif Raymond stuff could be you know, low A dot too. So that would make me a little nervous, but uh, 
no problem shorting Goff in the in the weather here. Uh, Gil, Josh Jacobs over carries without Renfro and Waller. Yeah, uh, and the news just broke that Shaq Leonard is out here, so we'll add uh, Zaire Franklin and Bobby Okariki to the tackle props uh, looks here. <laughs> so do you think you see a lot of Josh Jacobs? Uh, but I don't know what the number of carries is, probably like 21 22 and a half or something like that. Uh, yeah, we picked off a rogue number at uh, Bet oh, Rivers. Right. 15 oh, and a half carries, uh, like an hour before the show. I mean, yeah, it's like I, I like pinged our Discord. I was like, this number is going to move in like a couple minutes, but just like fire as much as you can. Because uh, then the real number is like 21 and a half on DraftKings. So it got pulled. But uh, so obviously not going to mention that as an official play on the show, but it was, uh, it was glorious while it lasted. Yeah, I could see him going over, but I mean, it's you just don't have a huge margin to bet that, in my opinion. But, um, you know, you very easily could have a great day doing on 18, 19 carries and you felt like the process is good and you fell short. So not a bettable edge for me. But uh, what do you guys think, Pat? I don't know what your projection is on Jacobs. I think it's 18 carries. So yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I just I like it to think about the game, to think about the injuries, to think about the flow. It, it makes all the sense in the world, but the number isn't where I love it's not where I want it to be put it that way Agree with that all right last one uh Kelsey over 70 and a half yards uh we're a little under that number uh it's just such a like it's such a great passing offense but it's just so hard to pinpoint where they're going to go um yeah I mean any thoughts there Pat I I if I'm going to go with one of the heavier yardage totals, like I haven't projected as under, I think it makes sense that he would go over, but like, I'd rather just eat the 20 yards and take Tyreek. Jalen shout out uh, Jags 32nd dead last in DVOA against tight end. So not a bad look there. Uh, yeah. Connor, any thoughts there? It's probably not, it's not your bag typically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's fine. Yeah. Javon brings, brings up a good point too, but I think, I think Tony's going to start playing a bigger role too. I'm interested to see how that impacts who that impacts and like where that matters, whether it'll be Juju Hardman's been playing really well. I don't know if they're going to take him off. He didn't practice today, which is interesting. Not? Okay. And Nicole did not with some of an abdomen. It said, so I'm not going to lie. I feel like Kadarius Tony is super talented and a guy that he just like didn't want to play in New York. And I think he's awesome. So I'd love to bank some overs on him just like speculatively. Uh, and I know it's almost entirely narrative driven and uh, I'm totally fine with that. I think that he's just a baller. We probably should just, play a DFS lineup with them instead. Yeah, and I'll, I'll hit some like alt overs and then just like not play it officially. That's it. No no yeah. official plays. Can't get you to jump in the DFS streets ever. No, I, I play like a lineup or two a week just for fun. All right, gentlemen. Uh, that wraps us up. Uh, Pat, where can everyone find your stuff? Mayo Media Network on the YouTube channel. Pat Mayo Experience on the audio podcast. Myself and Tyler Tambellini, who's going for his final king of the beach seat this week on DraftKings after coming in second place on thursday night he has four of them already so essentially what he's telling me is he's, he's not going to be doing my show in week 13 <laughs> but that that show i talked through with him is up now and we've switched up how we do that show it's no longer hey here's running back here are the picks here's wide receiver here are the picks we kind of take skeleton builds of each of the popular stacks or stacks that we like this week and work on different ways to make it a bit unique like everyone wants to play justin fields on DraftKings this week that's great he's a good play how do you make justin fields lineups that aren't the same as everyone else's so that's really what the shows be become about on Fridays now. So I think it's a pretty interesting conversation. If you like to play on DraftKings, obviously, or any daily fantasy would work where you construct lineups, uh, just hearing people go back and forth and what their ideas are going to be and then learning things in real time, being like, oh, what if I did this, this, and this? Like, 
Tambo is like a visionary when it comes to that sort of thing. Like he wasn't going to play fields. Then we built this fields like skeleton. He was like, you know what? He was like John Nash in a beautiful mind. He was like, if I do that, then that, then that, oh, that works. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't really start my DFS thoughts until Friday nights and Saturday. Um, but it is one of the shows that I listen to. You also start with like, yeah, I think you use run the Sims to, to run your first, like here's what the cash optimal is going to be and pivot off of that. And where can we build off of that? And what's good chalk? What's bad chalk? I think it's a really good show for, uh, regardless if you're playing single entry cash tournaments, I think it's a really good spot. And again, listening to the stuff that Tambo does is, uh, is pretty smart too. So, uh, and also tonight, Friday night on our YouTube channel here at 444, you can check out Daigle and TJ Hernandez going through their thoughts for DFS as well. Again, 444.com slash plans. Promo code next level gets you 25% off of an already 50% discounted betting subscription at 444 through the end of February. Uh, again, can, I feel like best bang for your buck in the industry to get the community that happens in the Discord, I think is great. Gets you access to everything too. So if you want to have all the DFS optimizers, all the articles, all the tools, all that stuff. Get the betting sub. It's the best way to do it. So, Connor, enjoy St. Louis. Um, we'll be back next week. So, oh, do your best. So for Connor and Pat, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next week. Yeah.